I'm still clearing my throat. <laughs> Welcome back to the breakfast show. You are here. <laughs> here with modern Sharissa, uh, filling in for Lawson and Lyle as they are on leave. Um, Sharissa, you have uh, been getting some texts. Oh, we've been hearing from our listeners, which is always really exciting. So I've got a couple here. I'm just going to share them. First one, false advertising reports. I think this is uh, commenting on the news stories we were sharing before. False advertising reports. People should always or whenever possible check who paid for the report. As for the benefits of wine, you can be sure the wine industry paid for it. It's so true, actually. That's how you can, like, if you can find the money trail, you can get a better idea of what the truth actually is. So true. Yeah, excellent point. This one, COVID marketing is getting more and more ridiculous by the day. Talking about mind control, please let us wake up. COVID is predictable. The science isn't. Oh, I had a laugh when I saw that because it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of true because you know, you know, the vaccine will give you ninety five percent protection. Then a few months later, well, seventy percent, fifty percent. Actually, it will give you no protection, but it will reduce the spread. So the the news is always changing, and yeah, the science is is always changing. Good point. Um, here we go. This one, the Word of God tells us that disasters will not only continue but get worse until Jesus' second coming. Mm. He wants us to realize how futile it is to depend on government, science, or other humans in times of disaster place yourself in his loving care for only god can save us this is a sermon here it keeps going many many years ago i was in a massive 8.5 earthquake in the philippines i was on our second story house the whole house was shaking and i truly believed that that was it there was nothing i could do and nowhere to go god did come to mind the majority of buildings in manila were damaged um, and here we go back to the COVID again. This is another one. The fear of getting COVID is worse than actually getting it. Probably most of us got it or will get it. And besides flu slight symptoms, you will never know you had it. Fear is deadly. I am an older person and I sleep like a baby. <laughs> God is in charge of my life. All is well. Praise God. Amen. If you want to have a, uh, a chat with us, give us a, a text. It's zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. It is also the number to text if you know the answers to our quiz. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we are now up to our fourth question, which is our 400-point question. So if you've been doing the pentathlon version, you're just clocking them up. Here is your next goal. What kind of plants and trees did God tell Adam and Eve they could use for food? Mm-hmm. Getting a little bit harder. Do you reckon the answer to that one? I was just thinking about my dehydrator. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I could get it. Yeah, okay. What kinds of plants and trees did God tell Adam and Eve they could use for food? Send us a text if you think you know what that one is. And you can either win a prize or just keep clocking them up until you get the big goodie bag. Awesome. Stressa, it is time for our 20 million movement. It's a beautiful study. We're doing this with 20 million people around the world. Uh, join us this morning for our little segment of it. We are in the book of Hebrews. We most certainly are. And uh, what an exciting journey it is in the book of Hebrews. And I thought maybe just before we launch into chapter three, as I think we finished chapter two yesterday, I thought yeah. it would be good for us to do a little bit of a recap. Um, and I always like to pray before I study the Bible. I was just about to say, don't forget to pray. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you like to pray for us, Mark? Sure. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day and as opportunity to, in peace, study the Bible 
Help us to learn to grow closer to you through the book of Hebrews. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, just a little recap for our listeners. The book of Hebrews is not like any other book. We understand that it's written by the Apostle Paul, and there's some very good reasons for that, apart from the fact that he signs off and talks about Timothy at the end of the book, which is a pretty good indication it's Paul. But this book is not like uh, one of Paul's letters that he wrote to, you know, the the Corinthians or, or the church in Ephesus. This book is actually written like a sermon. It begins like a sermon. It's not like a letter. It begins like a sermon. It ends a little bit like a letter. But it's addressed to the Hebrews, and there's some really exciting themes here because, uh, you know, it talks about how Jesus is the Son of God. It talks about how Jesus is the Creator. So, um, you know, Jesus is God, basically. But then in Chapter 2, there's some contrast that we started to see. We see that, yes, He is the Son of God, but He's also the son of man we see that yes he is the creator of and of you know the sovereign of the universe but he is also our high priest a human high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities and all points tempted as we are yet without sin so um it's beautiful in chapter two and how we see that christ can also be considered like our brother that's really interesting. I haven't thought about that, but it's so true. Yeah, because he is one of us. Um, and um, yeah, that's really powerful. And you and I both have siblings. Yes. <laughs> we understand <laughs> yeah. the, the sibling uh, relationship, but to know that he is our, our brother, he is our example. Um, he shows us how we can live, how we can put faith in God. Um, he's shown us how all of those things. And so, yeah, we see these themes. But just a reminder too, like why does Paul write this book? And I think it's because he's writing to a community who have experienced some pretty exciting things, exciting evangelism. They've they've experienced the gospel. They've witnessed and heard the gospel. But on the end of that, on the tail end of that, they have also experienced terrible persecution. And that persecution didn't just last for a day, a month. It went on and on. And so they were a bit fatigued. And Paul's burden, as you read the book of Hebrews and as we continue studying it, he's trying to inspire his listeners to keep looking to Jesus. Keep holding on. Don't give up. Uh, and so I feel like this is really appropriate for us today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't maybe have that kind of persecution, but we're certainly getting fatigued with the things of this world. I mean, be nice to have a day without COVID, wouldn't it? <laughs> about. Just one, just one day, please. Just one day. And uh, yeah, Paul is telling us to hold on, hold on to Jesus. And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Boston Marathon. Oh, yes, I have. Didn't oh, they have right. a bomb go off there recently? Oh, actually, maybe they did. Yeah, but anyway, it's, it's the oldest, I think, marathon oh, really? in the world. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it tracks, you know, like 30,000 people when it was running. I know they stopped it when COVID came and maybe mm-hmm. there was that other incident. But, yeah, they, you know, it's a long marathon. And uh, the last hill of the marathon is actually not that high. Mm-hmm. But they call it Heartbreak Hill. Because it feels very high. <laughs> it feels high. I actually met a lady who ran the Boston Marathon. Oh, wow. And I asked her, I was like, how high is that hill? And she said, it's it's huge. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, I know. I've read, you know, it's not that huge. But uh, with the cumulative effect of the whole marathon, 
it can look really big. And so for the book of Hebrews, as we are looking at this book, you know, here we are, we're living in a time of Earth's history where, according to the Bible, clearly we are living in the last days. Jesus talked about, you know, the signs of the times that were taking place and, and indicating to us that we would be coming nearer to his return. Well, we are nearer now than we have ever been before. He talks about earthquakes, famines, pestilences. Um, talks about the sea and the waves roaring even in the book of Luke. So we are nearing the coming of Jesus. But the appeal of the book of Hebrews is an appeal to you. It's an appeal to me to keep holding on. Don't give up. You are almost there. Keep looking to Jesus. He is coming soon. And there is a grunt, wonderful uh, reward as we keep looking to him. We've just got to get over that hill. we just got to get over that hill. <laughs> and uh, that brings me really to Hebrews chapter 3, where now we're going to be introduced to the rest that God can give to us. And, you know, when I think about a marathon, when you think about um, running a race and, and thinking about even the context of the original audience of the book of Hebrews, an audience that has been persecuted, they're tired, Jesus presents himself to us as the giver of rest. And uh, I want to eventually come to that point, but um, just looking at the clock, we've got only a little bit of time. So maybe, Mon, do you just want to read verses 1 and 2? Yeah. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> wow, excuse me. Just when we ran out of time. <laughs> and so to your brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. All right. So here God communicates to us through through his son. Uh, this is also an amazing, I think you might have probably talked about this in, in the um in the program, you know, in previous days, but that God communicates to us through his son. What a communication. That's clear communication. And uh, keep going maybe. Oh, have you got time? Yeah, go for it. Verse 3 and 4. When Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truth God would reveal later. Verse 6. But Christ as the Son is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. Amen. Isn't that powerful there, that last part? My, my version says if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Blake and I had an argument yesterday about that break. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> see what I see? What I mean? We're right back. Okay, keep going. <laughs> well, I'd actually like us to just read on, um, if you could, verses seven to eleven. Okay, that is why the Holy Spirit says, "Today, when we hear His voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled." When they tested me in the wilderness, there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. All right. So now we need to talk about this because this yeah. is referring back to the desert uh, wilderness wanderings of the children of Israel as an example of apostasy. 
And uh, this is, of course, Paul is here at, you know, underneath all of this. He's trying to encourage us to remain faithful to Jesus so that we can receive his promise. So uh, what's that story of apostasy? Well, I have to take you there because it's just so interesting. In the book of Numbers. Oh, we're going right back to the we're beginning. Going back to Numbers. This is where Paul is borrowing from in his illustration. But in Numbers chapter 13, um, the children of Israel had been wandering in the wilderness, I think it's for about two years, and then they finally found themselves on the very borders of the promised land. They could see it. God had said they could have it. But before they went in to possess it, uh, they wanted to send some spies in. I remember that. Yeah. They wanted to go in and investigate it first. And so they spent sent their 12 spies in. The spies came back. And when the spies came back, everybody wanted to hear the report. And we actually get to read. We can like sit ringside and hear the report. If you want to read Numbers chapter 13 and verses 27 and 28. Actually, go sorry, 27 to 29. Okay, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is a kind of fruit it produces, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the (laughs) Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. All right. So, Moses, we went to the land where you promised us, and you were right. It looks like a nice place to live. We could see ourselves visiting there, but are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) They're basically chickening out. Yeah. Yeah. This is no promised land. (laughs) It's a Jurassic Park, and it's filled with all of these Humanosauruses, Hittites, Jebusites, you know, all of the other ites that are there in in this place. And... um, yeah, they, they were very worried about what they saw. But you remember it wasn't everybody that felt this way. And it's worth mentioning um, verse, uh, if you want to read verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I can hear everybody's just falling apart at the report of the 10 spies, but there were two that didn't give a negative report, Caleb and Joshua. And Caleb says, let's go forward. Yeah, and that's not foolhardy courage. That was faith. That was. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because Caleb, you know, unlike the other spies, it wasn't that he was more confident in himself. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, we've got superior military tactics. We can do this. Caleb had his eyes fixed on the promises of God. God had promised. God had said nothing of that had changed. And so Caleb's like, let's just keep moving forward where God is leading the way. But verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you could just keep reading um, to verse 33. So they spread this bad report among the land, among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour everyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what we thought too. <laughs> grasshoppers. That's a bug's life. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, you know, like, oh, so sad. So they all give up because of the report of the spies. And so our words are so important, aren't they? You True. can encourage life. Actually, that was what David was yeah, talking that's about. That's exactly right, yeah. Um, you know, you control what you uh, dwell upon. Yeah, and your faithlessness can inspire cowardice. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, that's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. And you read, um, if you want to read chapter 14, verse uh, 1 and 2. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, 
and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in this wilderness, they complained. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It is. And in fact, they even go on and think, you know what? Let's just get rid of Moses and Aaron. Let's get a new leader, rebel. We would rather go back to Egypt. Bondage. (laughs) Slavery. They'd been in slavery for 400 years, but bondage looked better to them. They're moving forward into the land of promise that God had given to them. And, you know, we, we here we are in 2022 and we kind of look at it and we're like, oh, that's so sad. You know, yeah. how could they? Yeah, <laughs> they seem so silly. And yet if yeah. we were there at that time, we probably would have been joining Would them. we be different? <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, and because I look at my own life and how easy it is for me to become fearful mm. or overcome by um, anxiety and worry when I'm focusing on Things I can't control. (laughs) But when I focus on God and his promise, the one who is able to do all things, then uh, it takes great, it takes the anxiety away. Gives me peace. It's true. Well, uh, they were about uh, to reach down and stone, uh, pick up uh, stones, and they were going to (laughs) stone the two faithful spies, actually. That was the people's response. And so we actually see here, we go back to the book of Hebrews, we see, you know, God's, that um, God said that they could not enter my rest. And in verse 19, if I can just get you to read Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Summarizes everything. Yeah. Unbelief. That was the, that was the reason why they could not enter into that promised land rest that God had uh, made to them way back. Yeah, and it wasn't because times. God was being mean or anything. It was because they themselves deemed themselves unworthy and then... That was that. They couldn't enter. Absolutely. And so uh, there's some, there are some lessons here. And, uh, wow, we, we really got through that really quick. <laughs> but, Should we keep going? Yeah, we can keep going. Uh, if you want to back up and just read Hebrews chapter tw- uh, 3, verse 12. Yep. Uh, yeah, just 12. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Okay. So here is the first antidote that the Bible, that Paul gives us here in his sermon against apostasy. And he says, beware, analyze your own heart. See if there is any unbelief in you. Like, how is it with you? Consider yourself. Um, make sure that there is no unbelief in you, a lack of faith that is, or um, or rejection of God's promises and power in your own life. Have you accepted Jesus as your leader, as your spiritual intercessor, as your mediator? Is Jesus your Lord? That's the first thing. And then if you can read verse 13. You must warn each other every day why it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the second antidote that Paul gives us. He says, be continuously encouraging one another. And those two things, you know, consider yourself. How is it with you? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Uh, and number two, encourage one another by doing those two things. You can help be, put yourself on a path of walking in God's truth and walking towards Jesus and holding on to him by faith as opposed to the congregation in the wilderness mm. you know way back in the you know the exodus who uh, walked in fear <laughs> looked at their own um, you know their own insufficiencies and ended up being unable to cross over into the promised land that generation died in the wilderness because they thought they were grasshoppers yeah that's how their their story ended right there 
Yeah, and it's actually interesting because um, <clears throat> there was such a large minor- uh, majority of them. That's right. Yeah, and you know, even as a a minority, we should have faith in God's promises. And if he can take us through it, even as just like the tiny, like two, what's two out of what spies? Yeah. yeah, just to keep keep faithful and to keep strong. And I like how this also uh, links back to exactly what you said before with David helped, you know, warning each other every day, like keeping keeping accountable with each other and helping each other. You know, once again, we just saw the science behind that and how that helps. It did. You know, it helps our own health as well as other people. Absolutely. And so um, I guess for our listeners right now, this would be a good time for us to, you know, reflect on God's promises. Yeah. Like hold on to those and encourage people with them. Do you have a favorite Bible promise? Oh, I was just about to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have one. Yeah. I um, I like um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Yeah. I've been to that verse many times. Yeah, especially when I'm flying. <laughs> Like, oh, you're like me. Yeah. Flying's a spiritual experience. Yeah. Amen, sister. What's your favorite promise? Um, Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will deliver you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Uh, we are going to do a last quiz question this morning. This is our 500-point question. Uh this is the question, if you get this right, plus all the other ones, you can get all the prizes. Uh, this is how it is. You ready? Who did some Greeks at a feast go to and say, sir, we would like to see Jesus? Mm, that's pretty hard. Do you think you know who it is? Who did some Greeks at a feast go to and say, sir, we would like to see Jesus? Um, am I allowed to give away the Bible reference for that? No? Okay. What about the book? Just the book? <laughs> Okay, it's in, it's in the book of John, just in case you were wondering where to look. Uh, give us a call, 0491064669, if you think you know who that is, and we will send you some prizes. Sharissa, let's jump back into our Bible study. All right, well, we nearly finished through um, Hebrews chapter 3, but there's just a couple of verses left and some really beautiful reflections that we can draw from them. So, Mon, if you want to read verses 14, and then we'll just read again to the end of the chapter. Sure. For if we are faithful to the end... Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Don't we just keep going to the end of the yeah, chapter? Yeah, go ahead. Remember what it says. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt and who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom only to whom God was speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. All right. Now that was speaking of, like we said before, that large majority that the, mm. you know, they died in the wilderness and they, their children and grandchildren were the ones that went in to possess the land that God had promised. They entered the rest. But I want to actually back up a little bit there to verse 14. Um, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, that's the key, holding on to the end. That's the key to entering into God's rest. Just never give up on Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, remembering that Boston Marathon, Heartbreak mm. Hill. <laughs> yeah, right to the end. Hold on to the end, <laughs> to the Hebrews, to us. Hold on to the end because there was a man. There was a man amongst that community who did hold on to the end. Mm. And it was Caleb and Joshua. 
um, they held on and they did enter into that land of promise. And it reminds me of, you know, what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 13. He said, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. That's, you know, imagine if uh, Caleb and Joshua had given up. If they had let go, then they would never have entered in. But I want to take you to the place which is just remarkable to me, um, Joshua, the book of Joshua. Speaking of uh, Caleb holding on to the end uh, and Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 14 tells us how one day, you know, this was, I think it was 45 years later. So 40 years before, Caleb had stood up before the congregation who was falling apart because of a negative report. And he said, hang on a minute, let's go forward and move into the land that God promised. Everybody didn't listen to him. They actually wanted to stone him, listen to the negative report. And so they had to wander in the wilderness for another 40 years. We come here in chapter 14 of the book of Joshua and we find Caleb at the age of 85. He says some pretty amazing things. Um, if you want to read verses, verse 8 down to verse, well, we'll actually stop after the end of verse 10. So I want to make a comment and then we'll keep reading. So sure. 8 to 10. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you are just walking will be the grant of land that, and that of your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as he has promised me these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel was wandering in the wilderness, today I am 85 years old. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Verse 11. I am as strong now as when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. Wow. Yeah, I know. There's a few amazing things <laughs> yeah. here. First of all, he must have been drinking wine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Because <laughs> he was still in good strength. He says, I'm as strong at now at the age of 85 as I was at the age of 40. The Lord definitely preserved him. <laughs> absolutely. And also, there was another phrase in my Bible. Um, he, Mine says, holy followed the Lord. Yours said it slightly differently, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, what a beautiful thing that he could say. at You know, at the age of 85, this is the testimony of Scripture. He was still fully following God not he was how do you do that like we have to be fully sold out to God isn't yeah it? you have to be completely surrendered to him and yeah follow all his his bidding yeah yeah I've never really thought about it, like wholeheartedly like it's just, just it's like a hearty word, yeah. word a wholeheartedly following God I guess what we read before when it says you know hold your faith as it was in the start all the way to the end completely committed to that promise, mm. completely surrendered. Every nerve of Caleb belonged to God. And uh, it's so powerful. Like over and over it says this of him in the Bible. And now you can read our favorite, my favorite part here um, in verses 12 and 13. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. Amazing. He asked God, give me the mountain. Give me the mountain <laughs> that you promised. The, the giants are still there, uh, but I want that mountain. Yeah, and, I, and I'll get rid of the giants. And worry. I'll get rid of it. I'm 85. <laughs> yeah, and I'm feeling great. <laughs> still great. How do you think? Like, i just just wondering. Like, the Bible doesn't exactly expressly say, but we can have some good ideas. Like, how does a man from... The age of 40, forced to wander in the wilderness for 45 years until the age of 85, continue to hold on to his faith like this. Mm. Like what must he have been doing? Yeah. 
And to not have grown bitter at his fellow countrymen. That's a great yeah. point. Like he, there's no record of Caleb ever complaining. Mm. But um, he would have, in my, my mind, I imagine him repeating the promises of God. I imagine him telling other people about the promises of God and keeping his focus fixed on God and the God of promise. Yeah, he was wholehearted. Wholehearted. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. I love how he claims them. He just claims that promise. That, Give me the hill. <laughs> Give me the hill. And some people won't be stopped. You know, lock them in a prison cell and you have a John Bunyan. Like yeah. He wrote <laughs> Pilgrim's Progress in a, in a prison cell. Uh, you deafen them, you have Beethoven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Raise them in poverty and you, you have someone like Abraham Lincoln. And yeah. uh, Caleb just could not be stopped at the age of 85, still holding on. And because he was holding on, he was able to enter into the rest to enter into the land of promise that God had made to him. So good. Yeah. And I guess, you know, for us today, we always got to apply it to us right now. You know, we too are on our journey to a promised land, Mm. you know, and Jesus says in my father's house and many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am that you may be also we're on a journey to a promised land too. And so the message of the book of Hebrews is so relevant for us. Don't give up. Hold on. Look to Jesus. No matter what you might be facing in your personal life, in your family, in your job situation, this world has nothing to offer us. But God has everything to offer us and his promises are true and sure they don't have expiry dates. Amen. <laughs> They're as strong today as they have ever been. And so my appeal to all of our listeners today would be to hold on. Don't give up. Look to Jesus. As you look to him, you too can enter into the rest that he has promised. Amen. Thank you, Sharissa, for guiding us through Hebrews chapter 3. Join us tomorrow. We'll be going through chapter 4. Sharissa will be joining us again. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. That song we just played was for Vincent. Nice request, Vincent. I think you particularly like that song, Sharissa. I, I love the Collingsworth family. Yeah, good request, Vincent. And loving all these requests coming in, keeping Shell on her toes, DJ Shell, <laughs> picking out songs. Uh, Sharissa, it is time for, oh, hang on. Do we give away the answers to the quiz now? Yeah, okay, so just a quick run-through. Question one, the man that was planning to wed Mary uh, when she found out she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit was Joseph. Uh, the nationality of the man that was killed by Moses is hidden in the sand. He was Egyptian. The soaring bird mentioned in Isaiah 40 that led the list of flying creatures that could not be eaten was an eagle. The kinds of plants and trees that God told Adam and Eve they could use for food are seed-bearing. Did you get all these right, by the way, Sharissa? Uh So far, so good. Okay, and the last one was... Um, the, the Greek festival, we would like to see Jesus question was Philip. Ah, that's the one I didn't know. Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> if you did know all of them, you're set to get some good prizes. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We will send those out to you. Sharissa, it is time for the question of the day. got caught out again the last second I remembered. <laughs> Jingle for that now. Okay, the question of the day, Sharissa, is was God jealous of Adam and Eve's new knowledge and so kicked them out of Eden so they could not be eternal like God 
Um, Genesis 3, 22 to 24 implies God didn't want them to be like him. All right. Well, let's read what the Bible says. Genesis 3, 22 to 24. It says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever dash therefore the lord god sent him out of the garden of eden to till the ground from which he was taken so he drove the man out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life the short answer would be no god was not jealous he wasn't trying to keep them from being like him because it says right there behold the man has become like one of us what was god trying to do then I believe that God is trying to protect them from an eternal experience that was bad. Like the knowledge of good and evil is a painful knowledge. God had already experienced that pain. If we read in the book of uh, Revelation, we see that in Revelation chapter 12, there had been a war in heaven. And God was very acquainted with the pain that that war had caused. Um, a third of the angels followed Lucifer's lies. We read there and they followed him and they were cast out of heaven. And uh, just recently, my husband and I were in Can uh, Canberra on holidays. We went to the war memorial oh, and a uh, very moving place to be. Very sobering. Very sobering. And there's nothing pretty about war, um, as you, especially as you read all the names and all the stories. And there's been nothing pretty about the war that was in heaven and now has been transferred and continues here in, in the, on this earth. It's like a great contrast controversy a great conflict and so satan would certainly want to insinuate that god was trying to keep us from something good the very first time satan shows up in the biblical narrative as he speaks he questions god's motive has god indeed said that you will not you know has god said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden of eden so no, God isn't trying to keep us from something wonderful and eternal life like him. Actually, no, God is trying to keep us from an eternal of a continuing pain of suffering. And he actually came, as we read in the Bible, to give us the opportunity to have life eternal with him. That's the truth of the Bible. And we can absolutely see that God was trying to keep us from pain and suffering because that's pretty much what happened. Like we didn't take his advice and mm -hmm. now we've been living that life. So right. we can <laughs> the world that we have now and all the sin and destruction is what God was trying to prevent absolutely. us from experiencing. Yeah, and perpetuating that forever and ever. Yeah, amen. Keep them from the tree of life. I'll give them something better. If you have a question about the Bible, you can absolutely text it to us or give us a call. Our phone number here is 0491-064-669. You can text them in. We'll add them to our list of questions. And, um, and Sharissa, you'll be back tomorrow, so you'll be answering that again. Oh, sorry, not, not, <laughs> not the same question. question again. I just mean you'll be doing the question of the day again. <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> um, so that number again is 0491-064-669. And I just want to encourage you, if you have any kind of question, and don't, don't worry about whether or not you think it's going to sound stupid or whether or not it's an obvious question, don't stress about that. Just ask the questions. If you've been thinking about it for a while, whip out your phone, just a quick text. If you'd like to stay anonymous, you can absolutely stay anonymous. Most of our questions are anonymous. 0491 that was Michael Card with the song Why, and that was a request for Janelle. Beautiful. Loving all the requests that are coming in. We're just listening to some fabulous music. You guys have got good taste in tunes, let me tell you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sharissa, for filling in, for helping me out on the show today so I didn't have to do it all by myself. <laughs> and uh, the two of us will be back tomorrow um, to do the breakfast show, filling in for Lyle and Lawson. 
And remember, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.